You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. You have once again sat down at The Nerd Table. Welcome, friends. We are happy to have you. My name is Chris, and his name is Eric. Hey, everybody. You having a good day, Eric? You having a bully day? I'm having uh, it's it's been a good week. Yeah, I'm having a good day. I can say that <laughs> confidently. Good, good. Have you had your morning Starbucks? I have my caffeine. <clears throat> I had a pretty good breakfast, and I am ready to go. I'm still kind of waking up. I'm not sure if you can tell. Yeah, we we all kind of sound like this in the morning, though. But that's yeah. okay because our listeners are listening to us at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning, and they probably sound just like this. <laughs> or they feel you like know, this anyway. Oh, I feel like this, yeah. It's a new work week here coming up, but everybody survived the holiday work week where even if you didn't have Labor Day off, you had an influx of crap to deal with because that's how holiday weeks work. In yeah. fact, I didn't know this. The day after Labor Day, that Tuesday, is apparently – the busiest day for businesses to receive phone calls in the United States. And they're probably all drunk calls. That's possible, yeah. I was kind of wondering... (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of wondering why Labor Day and not like Memorial Day, because it's the same basic principle. And I started noticing, even at my job, that Labor Day, the day after, always seems to be worse than Memorial Day. And I think it has to do with the season... Because any job that has a summer rush, which is a lot of jobs, I guess the summer rush doesn't really fully kick in after Memorial Day because people are still in school. Whereas after Labor Day, everybody is either back in school and enjoying that final holiday or they're just about to go back to school. So everybody's getting stuff done last minute. I can see that. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. School right now, or at least leaving school right now, is all it entails is just logging off your computer. But yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, I guess it really depends on where you're uh, going to school and how they're doing it. Because I know the schools local to me are doing the uh, the virtual thing, like Wednesdays only, but then Monday and Tuesday, and then Thursday and Friday, X amount of kids are allowed into the school, depending on I guess like where they live in the district. So you're getting you're kind of doing half and half and never a full set of students at once, which is I think that's a decent way to do it. Because Let's be honest, as much as I want everybody to remain safe, we do have to take one or two steps to start socializing again. Because as much of an introvert as I can be and as much as a homebody as I am, I do miss things. I do kind of miss doing things. Um, well, yeah, I guess I kind of miss doing things. I miss having a good parking spot when I get home because they're all taken. Yeah, that's got to be the worst. (laughs) We have a designated parking space at my place. And it's almost always available, obviously, because it's ours and we pay for it. But you always occasionally get the idiot who parks there. And I've got all these little flyers (laughs) that they actually gave me. That you can, I go out and I put on their windshield and it's just like, hey, you're parked in a designated parking space. Don't do that. 
And I remember I'd get so mad about it. And then I found out that because the parking space is written into our lease and we are technically paying for it, if I really wanted to be a jerk, I could have the car towed. You've never had a a car towed before? I've never had to. What I usually do is I put the thing out and they're usually gone, like within the next couple hours. They usually leave and then I just pull into the space. I've never had like anybody be a jerk and just like leave their car there or something. But I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and do like the 24 hour window. Like, okay, here's what. Okay, I just got home at 7 p.m. There's a car there. I'm going to put the thing on the windshield and I'm going to check before I go to bed. I'm going to check in the morning. And if they're still there in the morning, I can actually report them to the complex and they'll try to track them down to contact them. But then they're still there by 7 p.m. that night. Uh, That car's leaving one way or another. And since I can't just be Goku and pick the thing up and move it. Well, there's another way to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. just uh, you, you get a buddy with a truck who has a hitch, yeah. you drive up to it, and then you can drag it wherever you want <clears throat> or claim it as oh. yours. Like if it's on your property, it's yours now, right? That, that's how that works. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're going to make me or, wish somebody does that now. <laughs> or, or maybe that's just like a mafia thing. I, I don't I don't know. I, really I don't know. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd, I'd prefer not to ever figure that out. Let's uh, right, let's right. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, again for the wonderful feedback all week. We're doing gangbuster numbers. A lot of people are listening. We're getting tons of feedback. We appreciate it, and we want to keep that going. And of course, if you ever provide us with feedback, we will respond to it. And I've got a couple of comments that I would like to respond to right off the bat. Uh, First of all, this was actually pretty cool. Strange Brothers Games commented directly on our Podbean page last week, ckccradio.podbean.com. And they were so excited that we gave them a shout out, they decided to comment again. So now they're getting a second shout out because... Nobody actually comments on the Podbean page itself. So I thought that was actually kind of neat. They were happy that we acknowledged them, even if it was just to acknowledge the comment. And they did want us to know that uh, if we had our own Discord, they would check it out. So maybe the Nerd Table should get its very own Discord channel. Yeah, it should definitely be easy to get topics and stuff. Mm-hmm. interact with people and then anybody who's on discord it'll be even easier to have them on as a guest because they're already signed up for the app that we use to record that not that we true. couldn't record other ways like we could totally do if somebody only had access to skype then that's how we'll record that week but for doing an interview or something but yeah i think uh i think discord's the easiest because it's uh the, the least flawless I don't know about you guys who use Skype, but I always seem to have issues with it. And that could just be me, but that's been an ongoing thing. But Discord, I rarely ever have audio issues on Discord. They seem to have their stuff together. Right. I feel like Skype was good up until Microsoft acquired them. Gee, that's not a running theme for life. I know, right? Well, (laughs) 
I mean, Microsoft is doing a few things right. And I guess we'll talk about that pretty soon, but I'm kind of excited yeah. for their announcement that they made this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Let's get through. Let's do plugs and shout outs here before we move on to the real nerd discussions. Uh, first response, our old pal Jeff Trelowitz, host of two podcasts here on CKCC Radio. I'll get one of my plugs out of the way right now. He does real paranormal talk and ranking tracks. Jeff is a paranormal investigator. He's a music lover. He's he's a fun guy. He's a big into nerd culture. He's a wrestling fan, so he and I get along really well. And he worked with us at Disney. He's a Disney guy, and we're we might have him on the show. Uh, one of our October run episodes have him on to really talk about spooky stuff. But he had a correction for me because I made a mistake in my commentary last week and he wanted to correct me there is no snyder cut of batman versus superman the snyder cut is of justice league so i misspoke there i mixed up what had a snyder cut and what didn't so i apologize for my comments and i will now clarify that yes when i was thinking about a snyder cut making something better what i meant was justice league but Batman v Superman should have one. Let's put it that way. Should have one. I'll eventually get around to seeing all of them. I I just didn't want to pay full price to go see it in the theaters. I think that was my issue. I couldn't justify knowing that it was going to be mediocre at best, paying full price to go see those movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, uh, I'm not going to say I regret paying to see Batman versus Superman in the theater, but I would have preferred to watch that one at home for free. Right. And it's not even like uh, that I wouldn't buy the DVDs or anything. It's just the movie theaters where I'm at, it costs like 15 bucks to go see a movie. And then once it's out on DVD or Blu-ray, it's like $20 and I own it, you know, like I'll be able to see it as many times as I want and the comfort of my own home and not have to go out somewhere and pay ridiculous amount of money for food. That's also mediocre. You know, you don't like the, uh, you don't like the popcorn butter. Cause that's my favorite part about going to the movie theater. Is there popcorn I think, butter? I think I was spoiled by the movie theater in, uh, downtown Disney or Disney Springs rather, uh, where they have like gourmet food, available and you can it's like a little restaurant inside of the movie theater where you can order food and watch the movie and nothing up here compares to that they got something similar but it's still just concession food right so you just go you order your concession food you go into the theater and then they find you because you already you have an assigned seat but it's not the same let me ask you this. Do you like the assigned seat concept in the movie theater better than walking in and finding a seat? Yes and no. Like, yes, because I know I'm guaranteed a seat. I know where I'm going to be sitting. I can pick out the seats that I want. And, and if I'm early enough and I'm fast enough. And no, because I used to movie hop. Like, I know that's frowned upon. But I used to movie hop, and you can't get away with that now. And that's probably why they did it, so I understand. 
I was wondering what the what the yes and no was actually going to be there, and you did not disappoint me. Of course, I did. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an Eric thing. Yeah, I, I ne- mean, uh, I never movie hopped because when I was a kid, I was one of those like, I was always one of those afraid of getting caught kids, which is why I didn't do a lot of stuff like that until I got older. And then when I did get older and I realized I could probably movie hop half the time, I wouldn't do it because I didn't really care enough to go. I didn't care enough to go see another movie and sit there for another two hours. I can understand that. See, uh, right out of high school that I didn't have nothing to do. And I, if I went home, the only thing that I had was like, I didn't have basic cable. Uh, during certain parts of my life and the games that I had at the time I've already beaten and I can only play them so much like now I can do it all over again but if I beat a game I'm probably not going to play that same game for a while until I feel like Mm -hmm. enough time has passed you know yeah so even my even my favorite game of all time Legend of Zelda Link to the Past I'll play it and I'll do like a full playthrough again and beat it and I love that game so much, but then it'll it'll be a while before I actually sit down and do that replay. Right, right. And and it's the, it's the same thing with me. And since my funds were very limited and my game games were very limited, I would pay to go see whatever is the newest movie or whatever it is at the time. See that and then plan it out like, OK, I go see this movie at four. It'll be done by six. This movie starts at six thirty. We just hang around for thirty minutes. Uh, all we have to do, and and the movie theaters knew, but they didn't care as long as you bought food, right? So the plan was: you go, you see one movie, you don't get food for that movie. You paid for that movie. At the end of it, you're thirsty and you're hungry. You pay another, you know, six dollars for food and drink, <clears throat> and then. You use the bathroom, you do whatever you need to do, and then it's about time for the next movie, and you just go in there. And the the trick is, you don't pick a very popular movie. You pick a movie that you would have seen when it came out, but it's already been two or three weeks, and it's just now starting to die down. And you go in that, because they got to play it regardless. If one person pays a $10 ticket, or if, you know the entire theater is full, they still got to play that movie. So if there's only like two people in there, and you bought food from them, they don't care. I've heard that too. Like I've heard those, or I've heard, I've read those articles where it's like, okay, I'm a former movie theater manager and here's what we care about and here's what we really don't. And it's like, yeah, there are times we don't really care when you movie hop. But like when you go and hop into Endgame on opening weekend, And you take a seat from someone. Now you're causing a problem because somebody bought a seat and now they have nowhere to sit. So now we got to go through the hassle of checking tickets and possibly refunding. And they I think they the guy even said the same thing. He's like, yeah, if you movie hop into something that's not popular and doesn't have a bunch of people watching it, we really don't care. Exactly. And I mean, what's the alternative? Just go outside and play a sport? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> that requires <laughs> that requires fresh air and exercise. What what is this? Fresh air, my ass. You lived in Florida. You know what that air is like. Yeah, you can chew it. Yeah, it's, it's chewable air. 
Uh, yeah. It's thick and not the good kind of thick. You know, I was actually talking to a friend. Um, you know, you know how you can smell rain coming? Yes. Okay. Oh, apparently not everybody has that gift. And people think it's weird that I can smell rain coming. Anybody who's ever lived in Florida has acquired that superpower. Yeah. Because uh, I never I just... was able to smell the rain. My mom always did. I never really could. After living in Florida, now I can walk outside and be like, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. <laughs> I'll get some Ollie Williams out there. So, yeah. So I'm wondering, is it an actual Florida thing? Or like, I guess leave leave a comment. If, if you can smell the rain coming and you're not from Florida, leave a comment. Or if you can't smell the rain coming and you think we're nuts, also leave a comment. <laughs> yeah, just leave a comment is what we're saying. Yeah, just leave a comment. Just say hi. We're, we're cool people. <clears throat> All right, I'm starting to wake up a little bit. I feel the caffeine kind of rush in. So, uh, I, yeah, I wrote, it's going to be good. <laughs> I want to know. Can you ever smell the rain? <laughs> so we missed a, out on a lot of topics last week. Oh, we missed out on tons of topics. Oh, but we God. also got some fun stuff to discuss here, too. Uh, among another response to our superhero discussion last week, my co-host from Club Cafe Wrestle Talk and Stupid Sexy Podcast, for all you Wrestling and Simpsons fans out there, uh, Dan Peck listened to the episode and was getting annoyed when we would l go through the list of movies and either hadn't heard of something or <laughs> hadn't seen it because he was like, damn it, I had heard of all of those and I <laughs> had seen most of those. He goes, I could have at least given you some feedback. So when <laughs> I, I promise Dan, and I know he's listening to this, and Dan, I promise when we actually do a DC versus Marvel movie episode... We will have you on so you can talk about those films. You can you can join us in the discussion because he's seen pretty much all of them. Like even the obscure ones. He's like, yeah, I've seen that or at the very least heard of it. Huh. But uh, this is going to be fun. We are going to give and by we, I mean, Eric is going to give some valuable life advice. It only took wow. us till the fifth episode. And but. Our friend Katie posted on Facebook that she was looking for life advice, and I immediately tagged you in that when I yes. saw that. Because uh, I, I was, was like, perfect. However, she didn't really ask for specific advice. It was very general. So I have some very, <clears throat> very general advice. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, fans of the nerd table, please sit back and enjoy life advice with Eric. All right. Now, since this is going to be the first one, and I know Katie, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to like tone it down just a little bit. Uh, if the grass is greener on the other side, remember it takes shit to grow grass. <laughs> That's one. Uh, and then the other one is for regards to the opposite sex. If you look hungry, you'll starve. That that's it. That that's that's the advice that I got for you right now. We'll we'll keep it short. Uh, I didn't really have a, a lot of time to to plan everything out. I had to. Work, I only got one day off this week. You know what, you know what though? It's actually not bad advice. That's the thing. That's actually yeah. not bad advice. All right. Let me 
I, I've done a couple of plugs here. Let me just plug the rest of the shows in CKCC Radio, and then we'll move on to some nerd topics here. For music fans out there, we have the J-Bunny Music Hub podcast. J-Bunny just uploaded another backlog episode, number 20, <clears throat> an interview with the lead singer of Adelita's Way. The first Monday of every month was Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton, another episode to get you motivated. These are nice short episodes. They're less than 10 minutes, and they're once a month. It's a little 10-minute motivational speech that he gives here. And Adrian Cotton's voice is what you hear at the beginning and the end of every episode of The Nerd Table. He recorded our little intro and outro for me. And the dude's a travel agent, and he's going to give us some information here that we can start plugging on the show. And he's going to be kind of he's going to kind of be our unofficial sponsor or maybe an official sponsor if we want to take it that direction. The Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman just released its new episode talking about Darlington, which is the Labor Day tradition in racing. And the Bored to Death binge cast with Jay, Chris, Zeke, Sam and a cast of characters continuing their viewing of My Hero Academia. Which and I listened been- to one of those episodes and it's great. You guys are doing a good job. I like it. Keep it up. Keep building us up here on you guys promote us and we promote you. That's how it works. And I want to give a shout out to our friendly nerd partners out there. So if you guys want a little more nerd in your life and want to hear some more fun podcasts, the Blake and Sal show and the United We Fan podcast are our two personal recommendations. They are our partners in crime or podcasting. Maybe there's crime. I don't know. So, yes, let's discuss lots of topics that we were supposed to cover last week that I have completely pushed to this week because, yeah, <laughs> we went really well on the superhero discussion. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fine. Um, I want to mention something that I heard in science news that I did not actually write down, but I heard this on the radio and I was really fascinated by this. So, two guys have apparently predicted that our expansion of the universe will stop expanding when it hits some insane amount of space that's unfathomable, like two trillion light years across. Something crazy like that. Even the furthest thing we can see out there in the universe now, like the earliest galaxies, are like 15 billion light years away. So you got to imagine that's another (laughs) over 900 billion more to stack on top of that. A trillion is an unfathomably huge number. And they have determined that our universe might actually stop expanding at that space. And that's always been a big thing in physics that the universe would expand forever. But now it might have a finite size, which is pretty crazy and now, that goes go ahead are, are, are they saying it's a finite size because <clears throat> by the time it's that size the heat death of the universe would have taken place i haven't read the paper so i don't know all of the crazy details this is only something i heard recently and just wanted to touch on to remind you guys that we are nerds but i do love me some science talk i know that's why yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in this I mean, that's a possibility that the heat death will have occurred. And but they've but a popular theory was always that the uh, the big rip could occur or all distances would become infinite, which means we would never be able to see see or interact with anything other than 
our local cluster of galaxies because everything else would be gone? It's right. a very interesting question, and it'll probably – we still – I mean, that's the, the cool thing about physics is that we're still figuring this stuff out. But think about all the advancements we've made in physics and science and technology. Like, you have all those Greek philosophers and everything who started coming up with stuff, and that's, you know, maybe three, four, six thousand years ago. 6,000 is nothing on the the timeline, you know, like 6,000 is a nothing time. And then think about where humanity was 500 years ago in the Renaissance. Think about where they were 100 years ago or not even 100 years ago at the turn of the century into the 1900s. And then where technology has come from that in 120 years. Think about what we're going to know hundred years from today, what we will know, what we will have achieved in a hundred years. We not only learned how to fly, but we went to the friggin' moon. We learned how to get off the ground. Then we learned how to get off the planet. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, trust me. Sometimes I wish I can get off the planet. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my, uh, my Facebook cover photo is Farnsworth. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> how accurate that statement is. <laughs> But if the universe actually has a finite size, whether or not it's because of the heat death or whatever, that's a huge that's a huge discovery in physics. And of course, there's always been a very popular theory that when the universe does stop expanding, it'll actually start retracting and collapse back into itself and then eventually be reborn again as a whole new universe. Maybe in that like a one pulse. Ex- big bang yeah, exactly. until it's flat and then going back and big bang again and yeah. I can see but that. Here's, I've got a question here. Is it going to stop expanding because it's going to collide with other universes and thus it can't go any further? Is the multiverse theory true? So here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> if the universe is expanding, it still has a lot of heat. In all, all energy has some sort of heat, right? Correct. As it starts to expand and get further apart, we lose that heat, causing the heat death of the universe, which actually isn't heat death. It's absolute zero. So I feel like once it reaches absolute zero, all the molecules, as it's getting closer to that temperature, it will start to slow down. Like the vibrating, uh, the vibration of all these molecules will slow down to the point where it does hit absolute zero, and then nothing is moving. However, all mass has a certain amount of gravity to it. So at that point where it's no longer moving, it has not, there's no energy around, right? But there's still mass at s- somewhere. And that the closer you are to that mass, the less likely that's at absolute zero. And it's going to start pulling things back in. That, that would be my theory. And then just eventually... From, this is yeah. coming from two guys that are podcasting for fun we're not even science (laughs) majors or anything right and then i I, like as things start to move again it starts to build up energy but now it's no longer uh going outwards it's going inwards so it's going to accelerate until it becomes another singularity and then probably explode from that point again causing another big bang so i can see how the other one is probably likely at least it makes sense in my head. Who knows, though? We're... We don't know. We, we don't. won't be alive for it. 
Or yeah. will we? Does oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, I meant oh. like maybe we won't, but we don't know what happens to consciousness after we die. So maybe we will be. Maybe our next life will happen in a couple hundred years, and we'll have that. That answer will have already existed, and then we'll be like those guys back in like the two back in the year twenty twenty. Remember that year, the global pandemic. And they didn't even know that, like, they still thought the universe was going to expand forever. Pfft, what a bunch of losers. Can you imagine, though, if reincarnation is real and then we just get reincarnated right before the, you know, apocalypse? That's some bullshit. You just come up. You're just like, all right, cool. Can I go back in? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> who will ever, who will ever know? These are the, the great questions, right? We don't we don't know. All I know is that energy and matter have to go somewhere. So the the energy pulses that our brain puts out is going to go somewhere. I don't know where it's going to go. Maybe maybe the afterlife is literally with ghosts and we're just going to haunt the earth for the rest of our lives. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I, I got we, a list. We can go bother Jeff. Yeah. Uh, these guys again hey you know what's fascinating the most fascinating thing about the multiverse theory to me is that the multiverse theory suggests that you exist in every possible form so somewhere out there there are two perfect clones of you and i and instead of doing a nerd podcast we're doing a sports podcast and we're all like we're talking about our workout routines and you know how much protein we ate that day and oh God. We're, we're the life advice section is like how many push-ups you should do. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. So there's a universe where the, the they're actually fit. But if that's true, then there's a universe where we're basically needing a, a forklift to get off, off the bed. So I'm okay where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Not- my my job is very physical, so it keeps me from becoming a blob. But yeah. I I still could do better. As I just kind of like look down at myself, I'm like, yeah, I could do better. But I think what like the issue with me is since my job is so physically demanding, I'm constantly climbing ladders and stuff, and uh, I can't really say what I do. But let's just say I work on refrigeration type systems, right? So climate control. Uh, if it's air conditioning slash refrigeration related, I work on it. Uh, so I'm constantly moving equipment. The thing with that is when I'm done doing a job, I'm so tired and hungry. I just sit in the van for like an hour eating whatever is close to me, whether it be something healthy, like salad or a steak, which is never the case. Cause I'm always like a, like I'm always in a different town or a different city, and I already know I don't know any healthy food areas, but I do know where McDonald's is. <laughs> I can always find a McDonald's. That, that, so I got this like – it's basically like Google Maps. It's called Waze, which tells me like where the police are at and stuff like that. People report like, hey, there's police over on this side, so you know where to slow down and, and things like that. But when you're at a stop sign, it also displays commercial ads for like, you know, 
companies around like, hey, if you need to get gas, go here. Or if you're hungry, try this. And it's constantly feeding me these McDonald's is over here. Burger King's over here. Subway's over here. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm just getting fat. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, Sometimes I'll try to go to Subway and then they don't have a drive through. So like, nah, I'm too lazy to go inside. Oh, come on. (laughs) If you really wanted it, you would do it. Correct, but I also really just want to sit down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I do get that. Yeah, I'm on my feet all day at my job. So when I go on my lunch break, sometimes I'm just like, man, I just want to go through the drive through and get a cheeseburger and just be happy. And sometimes that's what I do. But I also don't eat a lot of fast food during my week because my lunch break comes before the afternoon rush and if i eat like a wendy's burger for example my stomach will be upset and then i'll feel like crap and it just makes the physical part of the job a lot harder so yeah i can't i can't always be as fat and happy as i want to be but that's probably a good thing because that (laughs) prevents me from overload yeah okay i'm gonna ask a question Try not to get too much of a tangent here. Who has the best fries? I think we've we discussed this once before, probably on the pilot episode, but who's got the best fries? Yeah, but between who? But in, in a fast food burger setting, who's got the best fries? Oh, God. Because um... I think it's Burger King. I like their fries, and I know that's not a popular opinion, but I really like the way their fries taste. They have they good have fries. They have to be fresh, though. It depends. McDonald's is well. I think McDonald's is the only one that can get away with the fries not being piping hot and still being good. And they are literally the only ones. Wendy's fries cold suck. Burger King fries Which cold. Is, it's kind of funny that you say that because every time I go to Wendy's, somebody's taking their fries and dipping it in ice cream. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, dip your fries <laughs> in a frosting. It's not. It's not that bad. But I still need the fry to be hot because it's it's a contradiction. So. So I'm gonna have to go with Checkers fries. Mm, I think I think when we did the, this discussion on the pilot, I think you said Checkers. Yeah. Too, yeah. But Checkers isn't out there everywhere. No, it's not. So if I had to pick, but I like their fries because of the seasoning, right? So it's not just because oh, it's a you know the fries taste good. So if it wasn't for the seasoning, um, oh, I don't know because Arby's fries are pretty good too. Shit. But that's also because of the seasoning. You know what? Non-seasoned fries. I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with BK because it's the it's the one that actually tastes like a like a fry. Because McDonald's is good, right? But it doesn't taste like fries to me. It doesn't taste like French fries. Like I I don't know what it is. And I'm gonna say this now because the big argument in favor of Arby's has always been the curly fries, and I agree with that. But I can make those exact same curly fries at home in my oven. So I have no reason to go to Arby's when I can just go to the supermarket, pick up a big ass bag of curly fries, exact same fries they use too. Yeah. And cook them. It's actually from Arby's, I think, too. Yeah. You can actually get the Arby's fries. So there's no reason to actually go to an Arby's. Yeah. Unless you're really into roast beef and I am not. Eh, hit or miss. Hit or miss. Yeah, it's really depends on the Arby's and it depends on my mood. So sometimes... Both of those never line up, 
And I just don't go to Arby's. There you go. All right, here's something I wanted to talk about last week because it was a topical subject then. However, it's still topical because there's been some expansions on it. And guys, um, it's going to be related to the world of pro wrestling, but I promise you don't have to fast forward because anybody can relate to this story because it has to do with WWE owner Vince McMahon doubling down on his employees receiving income from third-party sources and why it kind of makes sense, but also why it's kind of bullshit. So here's, here's the story here. A lot of the famous wrestlers in WWE have started making money in third-party methods, specifically through Twitch and Cameo, were the two big ones that got brought up here. I know that Paige and Zelina Vega... And I think Mia Yim, who are all female wrestlers who are currently active in WWE. Well, Paige is retired because of a neck injury. But they all have these Twitch channels where they've got tons of subscribers, like 10,000 to 25,000 subscribers through affiliates and stuff like that, which means that's how much money they're pulling in a month for streaming video games. Somewhere between 10,000 and 25 grand a month just doing their video game streamings. Now, I, I feel like that rate is a little high. And I only say that because unless they're getting sponsors on that like channel itself, the views, I think it's like whatever their views are, cut that in half. And that's what you're making. So even either way, it's still like five grand a month. Yeah, you're still pulling in something decent just for playing video games on Twitch, like, which is the dream, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that is the dream. That's the dream right here is uh, we, we should launch a nerd table Twitch channel and have you and I on there and just stream everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the we could always, you know, oh, we could do live broadcasts of the nerd table through Twitch. We could have a live broadcast and chat with people. Yeah, because I can still record the audio and then we can just... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. You just, you just dual record. We used to do that with my wrestling podcast for a little while. We were do when, uh, when we had decent hosts and a decent schedule before a lot of stuff hit the fan there. We, uh, we would do Twitch. We would have a live and we would interact with people in the chat room. And every now and again, we'd have a pretty good turn up. Sometimes it would only be a handful of the, the regulars just hanging out with us. But we would get some decent turnout sometime, and we actually got some new subscribers as a result. So it's it's worth looking into. So yeah. the the big thing is the company's got a problem with these guys using, and I, I say guys because it's mostly girls that were brought up in the example. They have an issue with them basically using their wrestling names, which the WWE owns that name, to do these third-party platforms and make money that isn't approved by the company, right? I kind of get that. There's there's more to this, guys, so don't start sending me the hate mail for siding with Vince McMahon here, because trust me, I I'm can, not actually taking his side. I can only side with them for the liability standpoint, right? Like, Because if, if the WWE does indeed own their name and they do something out of character or whatever then does it fall back to wwe or is it a copyright issue at that point 
Correct. That's that's their point. Exactly. That is exactly their stance that they're taking. And and you and I both understand that. That's like I I get that. Okay. Your name, we own your name. You're famous as a result of this name and you didn't approve this extra this extra thing that you're doing, so we don't want you to do that. And honestly, it's been a company policy of theirs forever. Like there, I remember guys couldn't go on the radio, even just to like, like Hulk Hogan couldn't just show up on our local radio station and promote WrestleMania unless he actually got approved from Vince McMahon to do it. Even if it was like a radio station in bumfuck Iowa or something, right? He still had to get approval to do it. So, so I can understand that things got a little too loose there and they're kind of cracking down. Okay. But at the same time, let's say somebody doesn't actually use a fake name, right? Like, let's say it's someone's actual name. Like Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah. So are you saying that the WWE now owns his name? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because here's where the bullshit comes in. Oh, fuck. They are, okay. They are also trying to claim that you can't use your real name because they're attempting to say that they own that too. And that's where people started to shoot back. I, I because doubt they own that. And, and, and <laughs> they here's an don't easy own way. that. They don't. They don't. But it'd be very easy to disprove because you have a birth certificate and a social security <laughs> card with and and you can go to the government and figure it out when that was issued. And I guarantee you it's before whatever copyright infringement uh, date that's going to occur. Like it like you all it's part of you it's not that you own that name because you know there's a million chris's there's a million eric's but like it's your name i feel like you should be able to do whatever you want with your name especially if you're identifying yourself again that's the thing so like some of the some of the more famous wrestlers who spoke out are ironically the ones who are famous because of their real names like kevin nash and mick foley were two of the guys that were like, uh, yeah, no, you can't do this. And here's where this whole argument falls down. None of these wrestlers are considered employees. They're considered independent contractors. And as an independent contractor, there's oh. nothing saying that you can't do this in the first place. Whether or not you're using your name or not, they can't actually do that because they're freaking 1099 independent contractors. Correct. Correct. And even if the WWE owned the name, well, first off, that's fucking weird. All right. Let's say, you know, you're paying somebody to play the role of the undertaker and now you don't like that person anymore. Are you just going to go out and get another person? And be like, you are now the undertaker. Like, do, come you, on. do you know that they did that? Not with The Undertaker, no. but you know that they did that. Yes. No, I did not. Okay. So wrestling fans, heed this. This this is a real thing that happened in the mid-90s. Two of their big, big time famous wrestlers were Razor Ramon and Diesel. Diesel was WWF champion for a huge run in like 1995. Razor Ramon was one of their popular characters, an upper card guy. He had a fantastic ladder match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. 
So he was pretty much on the map. They left the WWF and jumped ship to WCW, and they couldn't take those names with them, so they just went by their real names. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall became famous under their real names as well. WWF's response to this was, you know what? We own the, the characters Razor Ramon and Diesel. So they just took two other wrestlers and had a new Razor and a new Diesel, which are now historically known by wrestling fans as Fake Razor and Fake Diesel. Oh In fact, <laughs> Fake Diesel was played by Glenn Jacobs, who would more famously go on to be Kane, the Undertaker's quote-unquote <laughs> brother, and is now the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. And he, he really? was the Fake Diesel. Yes, he is. He's, he's the mayor. He's actually a super smart political person, too. And I know politics isn't like a, a topic I want to discuss on this show, but he did the smart thing because he's a libertarian and knew he wouldn't get elected under a third party. So he was just like, all right, I'll just run as a Republican. And he got voted in. And now he's the mayor. Big Mayor Kane. Wow. But yeah, that is that is the thing that happened. Yeah. So this third party thing is kind of BS. But you know who really got the attention? Andrew who? Yang. The uh, former presidential hopeful in the Democratic Party, who's uh, who is going to be promised a cabinet position by Joe Biden if Joe Biden gets elected. And he flat out said on Twitter, if I get this position, I'm going to look into how you guys conduct your independent contractor status, because I don't think I'm a fan of what you're doing here. And I don't think you can get away with it. And it was actually CM Punk who owns the name CM Punk, which he won that battle. Trust me, they uh, they can't control that name. He owns that name. He actually went to Twitter and was like, so what are they going to do? Fire everyone <laughs> like for doing this well, stuff? Well, they can't fire anyone because they don't work for him. If they're all independent contractors, he doesn't have any employees. <laughs> they he all work have, for themselves <laughs> what the he fuck does have, he does have employees all the production people some of the announcers are actually employees all the office staff the uh the roadies and everything yeah okay, they're all, all right they're, but not the stars the stars are independent contractors yes is this a way to keep them like from being unionized or something I don't understand why. Well, isn't that an interesting question? So back in the 1980s, Jesse the Body Ventura attempted to unionize the world of pro wrestling. And Hulk Hogan ratted his ass out to Vince. And that Jesse and Hulk's friendship ended that day. And he's actually told that story on another podcast that I listened to. They were interviewing him when he was doing his... It was doing a book tour back in like the mid 2000s. And he was uh, I remember it was before the, the 2008 presidential election because he actually was doing stuff with Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama and John McCain. And I remember that's like that's how I remember that time frame. Right. I'm like, oh, that was 2008. OK. And yeah, they were like, yeah, I tried to unionize wrestling and make things better. And Hulk Hogan was like, nope, he went to Vince and ratted me out. And I was like, all right, this guy's only in it for himself. And he's not really a friend. So I think you've pretty much answered everything right there when you're just like, but wait a minute. What about oh. this? Like, no, this happened. This 
This actually happened. So, so uh, getting around the union, they just decided to be independent, uh, to have them be independent contractors. Right. And here's the other funny part. If they terminate your contract, they put in a no compete clause. So for 90 days, you can't do anything. They're just like, nope, we're going to pay you out the rest of your contract for those 90 days and then you'll be free. And it was CM Punk, again, who famously was like, uh, yeah, I could take you to court and fight you on that because you can't do that. And you know where one of the places they claim you can't work is and you're, they're no compete? UFC, who Vince McMahon also claims is not competition to him. They're not competition, but you can't work there after we fire you. This is all only for 90 yeah. days, though. Only for 90 days. Yeah. I mean, not a really long time in the grand scheme of things, but still, this is well, that's they, fucking shady. What the fuck, Vince? And this is a, this is apparently how it's always been. So or yet yeah, this is a uh, and Vince McMahon is now like 75 years old. And he's a. Uh, he he definitely needs to uh, step down, I think. Right? Yeah. I, I think it's time for him to pass the company on to his children and Triple H because he's married to Stephanie, and just let them run it. And because Triple H runs their developmental program, which has a TV show called NXT, it's all like the future stars and everything. They get signed, they get trained, then they go on this show, and they get themselves prepared to go like to to be on Raw and SmackDown. And the show is way better than the main roster stuff. And the reason is because Vince doesn't have a hand in it. <laughs> and it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. Oh, God. Yeah, oh. even you non even you non-wrestling fans listening to this show can understand, like... And I know someone's going to be like, so why do you, like, watch and support the WWE if they're like this? Because I still like the people who work there. I actually know a few people personally who work there. And I'm supporting them. Yeah, because they still get paid. It's just they're not part yeah. of that company. Which, you know, on the double, like, double-sided sword type of thing, if something were to happen to the WWE, nothing can happen to them because they're just independent contractors. That's so, always been a thing, right? So Yeah. So if, you know, and it does sound like Vince would do this, if some sort of, like, tax fraud type of thing, none of them get affected. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love stories about Vince McMahon because he's one of the most eccentric people I've ever heard stories about. And apparently he is, like, a very... Apparently he's, like, a very charming guy and he's very charismatic and he's... He'll he'll have like he, you can't chit chat with him. He's like an intellectual conversationalist type of guy, but he's also like a hardcore workaholic, and he's really ridiculous with his quirks. Like one of his one of his famous quirks is he doesn't like anything he can't control. So if he sneezes, he gets really angry with himself, and if you sneeze, he gets really angry with you because you should be able to control that. <laughs> That's like a thing. Like he hates sneezing. He uh, apparently he almost never sleeps. He views it as like a sign of weakness. These are all this is all true, by the way. Uh, he nobody's ever sick. If you're sick around him, then you need to get over it because you shouldn't be sick. These are all true stories I've heard. And my favorite one is 
he will never let his beard grow. He has to be in control of it at all times. So apparently he carries like this really expensive electric razor in his briefcase at all times. And he'll be like in the limo going to the show. And he's just apparently attacking his face <laughs> with this razor because he just will not allow any any chin hairs to grow on him. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? They're making a movie about his life. And I personally cannot wait for this because I know it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. And I hope they touch on everything. Do you know, you know, the first movie that they, they made their little movie studio and they produced a horror movie called See No Evil. Which was uh, written by Dan Madigan, who we've actually interacted with multiple times. Like we, I had him on my wrestling podcast years ago. He wrote the movie and it was Kane was the killer. And it's like these young kids are cleaning up an asylum and he's he's the killer that's still there and he's what knocking them off. It's actually not a bad movie. It's kind of cheesy, but it's it's not bad. It's a, it's a decent little horror flick. I'd recommend checking it out. And see no evil. See no evil. Yeah. OK, I recommend it. It's not bad. Uh, don't I don't don't watch the sequel, though, because I don't think I don't even remember if the sequel actually exists at this point or if it was just like a pipe dream, but if it does exist, it's probably terrible. But, okay, so one of Vince McMahon's stipulations, or one of the things he wanted written into the scene, was that Kane's character, Jacob Goodnight, was going to have a 36-inch long penis. And he wanted there to be a scene where he was, like, behind cage bars with this giant penis just there. And... It was either like stroking it or something just ridiculous. And Dan goes, we can't do that. He's like, well, why not? Because then we will no longer have an R rating. It will be an NC-17 rating. And for some reason, Vince was trying to die on that hill. He thought that he really wanted this serial killer character to have a 36 inch long schlong. So he was willing to put an NC-17 rating well, on no, there. Well, no, he didn't He didn't want that. And when they oh, told him that, he was trying... Oh, you know, he still he, Yeah, he wanted the rated R. He wanted them to find a workaround and, and still get that to happen. They're like, there is no workaround for <laughs> It's either NC-17 or there's no giant penis. <laughs> there's no workaround. <laughs> oh, shit. It's oh, it's hysterical, absolutely hysterical. All right, I'm not going to blow my whole wad on funny Vince McMahon stories on this episode because there there's some really funny ones I've heard, like him racing people, how he deals with cops when he gets pulled over. Uh, his eating habits are apparently really bizarre. I might tell a couple in future episodes. Trust me, guys, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to know this is a very fascinating human being, and he's like. Wow. Uh, he he is a very fascinating human being. He's like uh, he's like the Tiger King of wrestling world. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. That's actually a really good way to put it. Oh man! And uh, and because he's close personal friends with Donald Trump, they like when Trump got elected to the presidency, they all took a picture in the White House. So it's Vince and his wife Linda and his kids Shane and Stephanie and their whole families, right? Like Triple H was there. And somebody posted that picture and said that Stone Cold Steve Austin has given the, the Stone Cold Stunner to like 67% of the people in this photo, <laughs> including <laughs> the president. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm looking at like Shane and Stephanie's kids. I'm like, all right, kids, line up. 
Austin has to finish off the McMahon family. (laughs) (laughs) I always got a, I got a real kick out of that when I saw that picture in the caption and I started laughing because it's actually true because Donald Trump appeared at WrestleMania 23. Him and Vince had a, had a feud. It was the battle of the billionaires and the loser. They each had a wrestler representing them and the loser would get their head shaved. And of course, uh, Trump's guy won. So Vince got his head shaved and Austin was the referee. So there's there's Donald Trump and Steve Austin just gleefully shaving Vince McMahon's head live on pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, it, it, these are all real things. That, like, I didn't make any of that up, by the way, guys. This is all real shit that happens. And then this is why I'm a wrestling fan, because even at its worst, it's still so wacky that you can't help but be like, well, goddamn, this is fascinating. Uh, would you mind mm. if I talk about some video game stuff right now, Eric? Yeah, actually. Do you mind if I kick it off? Uh, yes, because I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Microsoft, man, they laid... So- <sighs> Sony's going to have to like put in some work to try to beat them. They announced... Two different consoles, right? The Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. and they have an Xbox Series S, which is a slimmed down model of that. It's basically there's no optical drive, right? So um, you won't be able to put any discs in it, uh, and it's a smaller storage space. So it's a five twelve instead of a one terabyte drive. But the price is only $299. It's 300 bucks for a next-gen console. Like, yeah, you don't get all the 4K at 120 frames per second, but you get 1440p, which is still better than 1080. And actually, and it, it has upscaling in it, so you probably won't even, uh, won't even be able to tell the difference at a price point that comes in at the same price as a Switch. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, the like, like, yes, they've got the big console, right? And that'll be more expensive. But you have an option. If you just want a new Xbox, not only can you get it like, yeah, okay, there'll be some stipulations involved there. No physical discs or whatever. But you have a choice. You can get the new Xbox for 300. Dude, it's. It's the perfect what? price point for for someone like me and for someone like you who probably wasn't going to get an Xbox anyway will probably get one. And 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 here's my thing, right? Like I'm a PC gamer. I play all my games on my PC. The only reason I would even get a console is for console exclusives, right? So think of like the Kingdom Hearts franchise and uh, Gears of War, which now is on PC, so that's a bad example. But for there was a lot of games that would only come out for consoles. The Last of Us being one of them, and I really hope they bring that over to the PC or do something with it because I got it, but I can't play it uh, because of my PlayStation. It's not working. But if you're telling me I can get this Xbox for $300, even though it's only half the storage and I can't get physical copies. I mean, I don't need that much storage if all I'm getting are exclusive games. It's perfect. Right. It's the perfect price. That's true. Yeah, because why did I buy a Nintendo Switch? 
for the Nintendo consoles, right? Yeah. Like the, you're not getting it for I, the... I want to pl- I didn't I didn't buy a Switch so I could play Skyrim on it. I bought it so I could play Mario. <laughs> right. I mean Skyrim's an option, but like you're you're getting it for the exclusives. You get consoles for the exclusives. And there's going to be cross games between them, right? So like uh, Call of Duty is going to be on everything. So if you have something for me, it's the the PC. If I can play it at 4K 120 on my PC, I don't need to get it for the PlayStation and I don't need to get it for the Xbox cuz I'll, you know, I'll have it there. And on top of that, the reason I love PC so much is I don't have to play uh pay the PlayStation Network or Xbox Gold to play my games online. That that's reason that's the number one reason I love my PC and the backwards compatibility. But now you don't have to worry about that. Like if Sony needs to do something, man, because they got two consoles on the way. They already showed them, but they haven't told us the prices for them yet. And I, I'm just so excited because first off, it started off with Nvidia, right? Announcing their graphics cards and they have Oh my god, I saw the picture. That thing's a beast. Dude, yeah. There's one that's like their most expensive card is fifteen hundred dollars which is nothing compared to previous generation. Normally these cards go up to like 2500 bucks. They actually reduced the price back to what it should have been because from the 10 series to the 20 series, they increase the performance sure, right? Like 25 30%, but they almost doubled the price of what the cards were. So the top of the line card, right, would have been the 2080 Ti and that was twelve hundred dollars. Uh, now, their top of the line card is the thirty ninety, right? That's their Titan. So we're not going to talk about that. So the their their flagship or what they're calling their flagship is actually the thirty eighty, and it's seven hundred bucks. So and that is like twice the performance, almost twice the performance of the previous twenty eighty, and it's like thirty or forty five percent faster than their top of the line 2080 ti which is would be the the titan or the 3090 now which is it's fucking ridiculous the 3090 says that you can play 8k games at 60 frames per second 8k we just got 4k consoles all right can you can we calm down that's just me but yeah sony has to do something so like because they have the a digital version of their console coming but nothing's slimmed down, so I don't think it's going to be able to compete with that $300 price tag. Well, they either need... Uh, see, I was wondering if they were going to announce their price, like, the next day. And then, now that you're saying all this, I'm like, okay, I think I completely understand why they haven't said a word. Because they can't. <laughs> they, they really can't. They had the perfect opportunity to do something. So, September 9th was the 25-year anniversary of the original PlayStation launching. And everybody, including myself, was expecting them to do something, right? Even if it was something as small as, hey, for the 25th anniversary, we're actually re-releasing the original PlayStation with, like, updated uh, hardware so you can hook up your HDMI cables and play it on your current TV. That would have been cool. Like, would it have been the the next-gen? No, but, like... It would have been interesting as shit. Oh, man. That would have been really cool. I know. They just missed out. Like, everybody was kind of doing it. Like, Sega came out with a little mini console. Nintendo did, like, I don't know, three of them at this point. 
And like, it would have been cool for just Sony to just show up and be like, hey, we're re-releasing the original PlayStation, charge a hundred bucks, new hardware, because I don't think it would have been that expensive to make. Even if it was 150 bucks, a 25 year like anniversary edition original PlayStation that could play your PlayStation games. Yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. Missed opportunity. So what were the, what's the gaming news you wanted to talk about? So the cool going back, switching over to Nintendo is. Uh, this is something I was really excited about. They announced Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And it's going to be Mario 64, Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy on one card. <clears throat> and I already pre-ordered the digital version. And it comes out this upcoming Friday as we're recording. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a and I, I went digital on this one because as soon as I saw limited release in stores, I knew what that meant. Every store is getting like 10 copies and no, therefore no stores are going to have them. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, nope, I'm getting this digitally because I want it on my console. Damn it. Especially now that Nintendo has like a Switch cloud backup, so you can you can have all your stuff saved. Especially okay. like like Animal Crossing. If if something ever happened to my Switch, like if something happened to my Switch right now, the most I might lose is half a day of Animal Crossing. Like yeah, I know obviously you can lose a lot of stuff in half a day, but I it's it beats losing your whole island starting from scratch. Yeah. So okay, so Mario sixty four. One of my favorite games of all time. Absolutely love that game. I've heard some people complain it hasn't aged well. And I think the only real thing that hasn't aged well is the Nintendo 64 controller itself. Which I think maybe Mario 64, because I, I played it on the DS. And it was actually pretty fun on the DS. Once you got a hang of the control scheme versus what you're used to on an N64 controller, mm -hmm. uh, you could have a lot of fun with that. So I'm really excited about playing Mario 64 again on my Switch, and I can play it on the go and everything. I love that game. I I always had fun with it. I have a See, Mario I'm... 64... I think I told this on the pilot episode, didn't I? But maybe I didn't. I don't remember. I have a terrible memory anyway. But in case and nobody's heard the story, Mario 64 came out in 96, and I got it for Christmas that year. By 1997, I had 119 stars. I got the 120th star... In 2008. <laughs> wow. What star yeah. are you missing? Wing. Uh, it was Wing Mario over the rainbow. It's actually the hardest star in the game to get. And wow. I, I remember failing miserably as a kid tons of times. And I was I, I was like, I'm never going to get this star. I'm not even going to bother with it. And then I was actually home between my Disney college program and officially moving to Florida. And I'd left a bunch of stuff at home. Like I'd left a bunch of stuff in Florida, came home for like three weeks. I only had access to my N64 as entertainment at the time. So I was like, I'm going to play some Mario 64. And I was replaying it from the beginning. And somewhere along the way, I got like 50, 60 stars or like 70 stars. And I was back in that area and I was about to tackle that level. I'm like, no, hold on a second. If I'm going to do this, I'm doing it on the file that I'm really close on. And I just grinded it and I grinded it until I finally got it. And I was so happy I'd finally done it. 
That's crazy. Yeah, F that That's 120th star. But um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about Mario 3D All-Stars, like super excited. Uh, Mario I'm Sunshine kinda... came out. for. Yeah, Sunshine. Yeah, I'm actually very interested on how that's going to turn out, because didn't you need uh, a Wii remote for that? No, that's Galaxy you're thinking of. And Is they actually. Yeah. Sunshine was on. Um, what's it called? Uh, that was the GameCube. Right. Sunshine's the one I missed out on. I never got to play that game. I never had Mario Sunshine. So I'm excited for that because I never got to play it. And now so I will. I'll finally get to play it. One of them has pressure-sensitive controls. I can't remember which one, but one of them has pressure-sensitive controls. So I, well, I wonder Galaxy, how they're going to do that. Galaxy used the Wiimote to collect the star, bite, the star bits. Like yeah. you would point the thing at the screen to collect them. But I know that they've enhanced that in some capacity. And I do know that you can still use motion controls with the Switch Joy-Cons, but it will be something that's optional. So I am kind of intrigued to see what they're going to do with that. Yeah. But I loved Mario Galaxy. That game was so much fun. I loved playing that game. Never got all the stars in that one, but I did beat the actual story. And then where you're just like hanging out and then you can like go after Luigi stuff so you can play as him. I never finished all that stuff, but... I love Mario Galaxy, and my Nintendo Wii itself is actually dead. Like, the console's just dead. It won't oh. turn on. It's, yeah, it's it's done. It's a brick. That's so, sad. But now, I get to play Mario Galaxy again. And they also announced that they're going to release Mario 3D World for the Switch, which was on the Wii U, another Mario game I missed out on. But they have Mario 3D World elements in Mario Maker. So I'm familiar with some of the exclusive mechanics, and I really like the music and everything. It's fun. It seems like a really fun game. So I think I'll enjoy that. And I played the 3D Land on the the Nintendo DS, and I really like that. So, yeah, I'm ready to get my Mario on again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing all those games as a kid. Like I said, I never really owned the 64, but I did own the the Mario 64 cartridge. It was that. It was basically all the Mario games I owned. I had Mario 64, I had Mario Kart, and I had Mario Party. And there was another one, and I can't remember which one it was. Oh, Smash Brothers. So, I mean, yeah. Those were the five games that I owned, and I never owned that console. I like, uh, I was watching, I think it was uh, Game Trailers might have done this, or uh, I think that's the the name I'm thinking of, but they would do like, they did like a top 10 Mario games of all time. And they include smash brothers on the list. And somebody goes, okay, so you might be asking, does this count as a Mario game? Well, can you play as Mario? Yes, you can. (laughs) It just so happens that you can play as a ton of other characters. (laughs) So yeah, I think smash brothers is one of those, one of those games where it counts for everything. It's a Mario, but it's it really is a Mario game because it's the Mario controls that they use to create the fighting system. Yeah. So I think and it's got the, the biggest influence in there are Mario characters, although they don't have Waluigi, which upsets me. However, anyway, I will say that the GameCube has the better like controller for Smash Brothers than anything yes, else, which is which is why it's fun that there's a GameCube controller you can play on your switch so you can do that. Yeah which I absolutely love. Yeah, it's... Uh, I think it's required for tournaments, isn't it? I'm not 100% sure, but I, I always... think so, because that's yeah. like 
the way of keeping it uniformed, I think, I want to say. I don't don't really know. That's a good question. I'll have to look it up in a sec. I know my local game store that I that I enjoy frequenting because I don't like giving my money to GameStop anymore. Let's let's yeah, not shouldn't. do a rant about that. It's because <laughs> I, I, oh, I can totally do. Dean. OK, or oh, quick rant. I'm sorry. We'll, oh, we'll, no, we'll go no. What did quick I do? Rant, quick rant. So <laughs> GameStop is closing stores in different locations, right? Which does, which mm-hmm. makes sense because they're losing a lot of money, but they're keeping people's money who like if you pre-order something. Uh, like when I used to work for GameStop, when you pre-ordered something at a store, it was kept in a database. So like, let's say you couldn't pick it up at that store. You could just be like, all right, well, I can I go pick it up at this one? And if there was an available slot, you can move your pre-order over and then go pick it up and then just pay the difference. You right. can't do that anymore. You have to go to the store that you pre-ordered it. They won't let you do that. And the people who pre-ordered stuff at stores and those locations have closed, it's almost impossible for you to get your money back. And they just kept those they just kept that money. They just kept it. Like That's so dirty. Isn't it? Oh, that makes me so mad. I'm 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 really mad about what they're doing to the Think Geek stores. Yeah. I mm, I don't want to Okay, that was my rant for the day. We'll we'll move on. <laughs> We could actually we could probably fill an entire episode with content about yeah how much we, we hate GameStop the, and I don't want I don't want to do that I want the show to be fun too <laughs> this isn't it's the fun same as ranting about Vince McMahon the the, the people is, who this is actually, are listening to this they know about GameStop nobody is dumb they know what's yeah, going no, on <laughs> everybody knows what's going on there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but this isn't as it's not fun like when I rant about Vince McMahon and and kind of mock him oh, this is actual like yeah. anger rant <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, but, so anybody so, listening, if you have a pre-order set up at a GameStop, either get it out, just take it out and go somewhere else, or like yeah. even pre-order on Amazon or uh, Best Buy or something. But unless you know for a fact that store is not closing by the time that comes out, just you know, I, you know, I my pre-order, it. my pre-order on the Avengers game was. Because I, I I did the pre-order deal so I would get it early, and I got the email from Amazon where they're just like, oh, you know, due to due to shipping issues, which is a thing happening in 2020, we might not get you your game on time. And I remember I wrote them back and I said, okay, that's fine, but then I'd like my my uh, I'd like a refund on the pre-show or pre-show the pre that difference, right? Right. I said, okay, if that's the case, then I'd like a refund on the difference there, and I'll just pay the regular price. Still got it to me on time. So even Amazon, during this issue with shipping, is doing well with getting stuff to people when they say they're going to do it. So right. yeah, and, just, and it's just, just easier that. to. They have such a, a relaxed refund policy too. They do, yeah. And you have like thirty days to do stuff. I remember I bought yeah. a DVD from them. And there was an audio sync issue. And I remember I tried it on like multiple things. Like I put it on the Blu-ray player upstairs. I put it on the PlayStation downstairs. I tried everything. And it was just, it was an audio sync issue. And I wrote to them. They're like, okay. And they sent me a new one immediately. And they're just like, okay, uh, give us, you've got 30 days to put the new one, the old one in the mail. Or we're just going to charge you for it. But nope, they got it back. So no, no problems there. Don't give GameStop your money, people. 
<clears throat> yeah. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to throw my voice out getting mad at GameStop right now. Let's not talk about GameStop anymore. All right. I got something fun I really want to talk about. Uh, this is a this is a small tie-in to – this is a very small tie-in to the Mario thing, but it involves Animal Crossing. So when I pre-ordered the game, my wife goes, this is not going to cut into my Animal Crossing time, is it? And I'm going to make sure it doesn't because, you know, she's on the island now. But I got a story about my favorite villager, Bob. Do you know about Bob from Animal Crossing? I have not played Animal Crossing. Uh, you, that's right. You've never played it. I know that we own it. I, have I know your better half plays to, it. Yes. Yeah. Better. Wow. I know she plays up. it. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. Not <laughs> I going we're, there. We're equal. Equal. Not going there. Okay. So. Bob was rumored to be the very first villager they ever created for the game. He's a cat, which is a popular animal. His birthday is January 1st, because they all have a birthday in the game. And he's also got that very generic name, right? So a lot of people say he's one of the first villagers. He's, in, he's a super popular villager. In the original GameCube game, I just got him by happenstance. You know, you, you sign into the game, they give you a couple of villagers. And I remember, I love the fact that I had a neighbor named Bob who was a cat. And his, his house was so funny, it looked like a little boy's room. Because it has like very colorful wallpaper and everything, and he's got toys strewn about. And his personality type in Animal Crossing is lazy. There's eight personality types, and his is lazy. He's always talking about snacks and how much he wants to just sit around and do nothing. You know, he's a spirit animal. He's my spirit animal. But in in New Horizons, you can give them clothing, and they'll... You can like gift them clothing and they'll try it on and then they'll always be wearing the stuff that they really like. And we try to like it gets your friendship points up with them and we try to coordinate stuff. But I remember I got a bath towel wrap, right? Or I think Shannon had the bath towel wrap. One of us had it. And we're like, oh, this would be really funny if we gave it to Bob's. He was just walking around with a towel on. So we did. And it and that's what he did. He would walk around just wearing a towel. Well, he became very enamored with that towel and was wearing it for a very long time to the point where Shannon's like, I have regrets. Because <laughs> <laughs> now he's just walking around with a towel on. And yeah, he really liked that. Well, the other day, he comes running up to me and he's like, hey, friend, would you like to buy my bath towel wrap? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, he's never going to wear this again. And I immediately bought it from him just so he wouldn't have it anymore. <laughs> Because it was really awkward to see your your neighbor just wandering around the island in a towel all day. And what did we learn? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I know. I actually gave him a bathrobe, but that's a little better than a towel. Because, <laughs> you know, the now, bathrobe actually looks like he's wearing a robe. It doesn't even yeah. look like a bathrobe. It's just called a bathrobe in the game. But yet, I learned my lesson there. 100% learned my lesson. But yeah, I, ha I had to throw that little story in there because I got a real kick out of it. I was going to tell the, the bath towel story last week, but then this week he actually sold it to me so I can follow through on that. Speaking of stuff I didn't get to talk about last week, they dropped the new trailer for the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. And I watched it and I am now hyped for that movie. Yeah. Eric, what do you know about James Bond? I know I haven't seen. Bond? Uh, well, I... <laughs> Isn't the whole thing is that you're not supposed to know about James Bond, so nothing? No, I mean, I, I, th 
I uh, he's British. He's a double O agent, which means he has a license to kill. Yeah, and uh, he sleeps with a lot of women. Uh, More women that are probably healthy. Yeah, or extra healthy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. he's uh, he somehow hasn't died of syphilis, so. You know, the funny thing is, I, I watched some of the movies. I haven't seen a, a lot of the older ones, right? Like, I want to say anything before Sean Connery, I, I haven't seen. But I don't remember any of the Daniel Craig ones, so there's that. Even though I know I've seen them, I just don't remember them. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy the movies. But I, I, to me, they're not super memorable. At least the newer ones haven't been. I have seen every James Bond movie. And I, I'll, I'll kind of... Okay, so the first couple are the Sean Connery films, which I think all of them are pretty good. In fact, two of my all-time favorite Bond movies are Goldfinger and Thunderball, which are Sean Connery films. Spliced in there is the one and only George Lazenby movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which has the worst Bond actor, but probably the best Bond story. In fact, Diana Rigg, who had just recently passed away, she was on Game of Thrones and the old Avengers series in the 60s, was the love interest there and actually marries him. In fact, that's the big deal with Honor Majesty's Secret Service is that he decides to settle down and get married and then she gets killed. And the follow-up movie where Connery takes over again is a revenge story to go after the people who murdered his wife. Like that was, that was the big thing. Roger Moore takes over. He does seven movies and he's a decent bond. Some of his films were good and some of them were really bad. Like I, I enjoyed man with the golden gun, but I absolutely hated octopussy. And I did not care for View to a Kill, which sucks because Christopher Walken's the villain. So you would think that would be amazing, but it's basically just about horse racing. (laughs) And I wasn't that into that one. Timothy Dalton does two movies. One is Your Standard Affair, and the other one is, I think, an underrated movie, License to Kill itself, which is uh, where Bond actually loses his license and he goes rogue. But Dalton didn't really capture the Bond stuff. Pierce Brosnan takes over. He does four movies, and his is a roller coaster downward spiral. GoldenEye is amazing. Tomorrow Never Dies is good. World is Not Enough is eh. And then, uh, what the hell is it called? I think it's called Dying. Is it Die Another Day? I actually don't remember now. It's the one with Halle Berry in it. And it's like, it's a CGI crap fest. And I hated it. But then Daniel Craig takes over. And his movies were really good because he captures the original Sean Connery essence of James Bond. Casino Royale was amazing. Quantum of Solace was not good, but it was a victim of the writer's strike in 2008. So I did like Casino Royale. You did. So you saw Casino Royale. I did. Yes. When you said the name, it literally popped up. I'm like, yep. No, I remember that one. I did like that. That one's really good. It's, it's kind of an origin story because Casino Royale and the Ian Fleming book series is the very first James Bond story. So it explains like how he became a double O agent and everything. Really, really good stuff. And Quantum of Solace is the official follow up to that. But 
again, like I said, because it was a victim of the writer strike, it's a really lame story. But they make up for it by having some pretty crazy action scenes. So if you just watch it for the action, you'll get it. You'll have a good time. The good old, if the story is not good enough, just Michael Bay the whole thing. <laughs> pretty much yeah there's a lot of explosions <laughs> in fact there's a whole thing where he blows up a complex and it literally it's it's one of like those section complexes and it literally blows up section by section so you know they were just going for well screw it just blow the whole thing up but do it in stages <laughs> so we can watch it uh, then funny. skyfall came out in 2012 and that might be one of the best bond movies ever made because it's a it's a fanfare movie it throws in a bunch of old references, reintroduces favorite characters in the series like Q and Moneypenny, but also tells a fantastic story and is one of the few Bond movies to actually get me emotional with what they do in it. Like the, I have not seen Skyfall, so you're saying I should watch it then. Skyfall the last is one, good. I think, was, was probably the, the Quantum Solstice. Is that what you said? Yeah, Quantum of Solace. Quantum Solace. So I remember seeing Casino Royale thinking, wow, this is really good. And then I saw the next one and I was like, okay, maybe it was just a a, a one-time thing. And I haven't watched any since then. Okay. So Skyfall, okay. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to watch that again then. Or well, not again, but I have to watch it. You just watch. I promise it's a good movie. Skyfall's really good. You, you're not going to find a lot of people who were disappointed by Skyfall. Even has a really good Bond song, which was by Adele. In fact, that's another thing I love about the Bond movies is there's always a signature song. The only one that doesn't have it is Dr. No, the very first Bond movie, which is just the signature song is just the standard James Bond theme, right? Everybody knows that song. But then every movie after that has a signature song, and some of them are really, really iconic. And I think Skyfall might be one of the best ones. Absolutely. If, you know, like everybody knows Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings, which is yeah. an amazing song. But that movie, <laughs> that movie is black exploitation at its finest because it's he's taking on a voodoo man in New Orleans. And there's a lot of uncomfortable racism in it. But, you know. For the time period, that was also the norm. So it is what it is. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, and then the last Bond movie that came out was Spectre. Which is uh, a throwback to the original Bond villain, Blofeld, who is one of the who was who was the primary antagonist in the early Bond movies, played by Christoph Waltz. <clears throat> to pure brilliance. And that was the big deal with uh, Dave Batista after he transitioned from pro wrestling to acting and he got that big role in Guardians of the Galaxy as Drax the Destroyer. He got cast in a James Bond movie as a villain and he has one line in the whole movie and I can't say what it is because it's really funny, but he's the silent guy who's just friggin' he's a silent enforcer. Hmm. And Spectre's, Spectre's really good too. It's not as good as Skyfall, but it's it's definitely worth watching. Plus, uh, M is played by Ray Fiennes, a.k.a. Lord Voldemort. So, yeah, it's the 007 stuff is is pretty cool. If if you're got All right. I'll, people are going to disagree with me on this, but if you're not a James Bond fan, people, but you actually want to see some James Bond stuff and appreciate and understand it, 
watch Goldfinger, the which is the best Bond movie of all time. It's the classic. It's got all the tropes. It's hysterical. It's Sean Connery. It's got iconic music. It's got the iconic villains. Uh, Job is in it. Watch that. Watch one or two of the Roger Moore Bond movies. Uh, I'd have to really look at his list to kind of pick stuff out. But I I do recall... Which one is it? Uh, you only... Oh, The Spy Who Loved Me was really good. You Only Live Twice. I can't remember. I'm getting my Bond movies mixed up in my head between Connery and Moore. Um, you don't have to watch the the Dalton ones. Watch Gold... Watch... Uh, you know, for Gold some weird reason, I thought Dalton was before Connery. No. I th- I could have... Is, is, is he the first one, Connery? Sean Connery? Yes. Okay, I don't Con- know why I thought Connery, there was someone before Connery, Lazenby, Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan, Craig. Okay. But uh, watch Goldeneye, because that actually is a really good movie, and it, it is the best Brosnan movie. And then go play the N64 game, which is amazing. Yeah, I can't play that game now. <laughs> I couldn't play that game then. <laughs> I can't play that game now. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> You can. Uh, I, I still play it every now and again just because it's fun. So, actually, do you know what I just finished watching this week? What's that? The, the original Naruto show. Not See, Shippuden, but the original Naruto. So you have to tell me about Naruto because I'm familiar with it, obviously, because it's all over pop culture, but I've never seen it. It's it's good, man. I actually like it. Like the original Naruto, you don't need to really watch the last two seasons. Just know that you're going to get a lot of flashbacks in this show, but it's all to deliver the stories, right? Like uh, just expand the lore of the world. It's about – I'll give you a general breakdown of how the show normally goes, right? So it follows this kid named Naruto. he is not liked by the village and he doesn't know why. And this is all explained in the very first episode. Later, he comes to find out that there's like a demon trapped inside of him. So that's why people treat him differently. He's got no parents and stuff like that. He's been taken in by his teachers, which, by the way, there's like a ninja school in the, in the show. So there, there's this school where all these kids are training to be ninjas and they're taking these exams and stuff like that. And there's different levels of ninja. And uh, he needs to, like, in order to graduate and become a genin, which is like the first level of ninja, he needs to be able to do certain maneuvers, right? Like, it's going to sound really weird, but he needs to be able to make a clone. He needs to be able to uh transform uh so basically turn his looks into somebody else he needs to be able to like master these techniques in order for him to qualify to become a genin and uh he's not doing so well he's he's a troublemaker he likes to like you know have fun and stuff like that uh and he's at risk of failing so one of these people is like you know what if you learn this technique that's hidden in this scroll you'll they'll have to pass you because it's it's such a hard technique 
and uh he's like what for real like yeah i mean it's guarded but they'll let you like you you just need to take it get it out of the village and practice it outside where no one can see you that way you don't get in trouble but if you master it you know and obviously that was a trap but he's kind of stupid so he falls (laughs) for it so he grabs this sacred scroll goes out into the woods to learn this technique and then this guy is going to go and take it from him that was the whole deal uh but he actually learns what's on that scroll <laughs> uh so needless to say things happen they all uh, assume that like naruto was like basically turning evil uh for like a, a hot second except for the hokage who for all intents and purposes is, like the president of the village right they go like the mayor so the mayor is like nope i know naruto he's not he's just probably being tricked or something like that but we need to get that scroll back so they accept him back in he passes his exam after that um he finds out that like like he just find out that like the reason his village hated him for so long is because he's had this demon inside of him so they didn't know how he was going to react to that but he he uh the teacher who's been like a father to him is just like no i'll protect him i don't care what's inside of him he's like family basically so instead of going rogue and becoming evil he's just like okay well you know the past is the past these people like me i can do better and he gets better that's the whole premise of the entire first naruto season outside of that they introduce you to a bunch of characters um so it's all story building for shippuden which is what i started this week i know that is a lot (laughs) but (laughs) i i literally just kind of went on a little tangent there but the the whole premise the original naruto is to introduce you to characters get you familiar with those characters give you some lore and then that is it and then the the main story happens in shippuden and I don't want to give anything away because if you are going to see, you need to watch at least the first three or four seasons. You don't necessarily need to watch the last two seasons of Naruto um, because they don't do any justice to the show. Where can I watch this fabulous show at? Uh, Hulu, actually. If you got Hulu, it's on Hulu. I watched it on Netflix because I don't like commercial interruptions. But Shippuden is not on Netflix, so I am I'm watching that on Hulu. Yes, but I have Hulu without ads. Ah, lucky bastard. You know what? I might <laughs> the extra six dollars a month to not have to hear Liberty Mutual commercials is probably Liberty, gold. Liberty, Liberty, uh, Liberty. Should I, I just start randomly singing that in intervals on the podcast just to give you PTSD? No, I hate you. <laughs> okay, can you explain something to me? Yeah, go for it. The, the Naruto run, where we're like, remember that thing? Everyone's going to invade Area 51 yeah. and do the Naruto run and everything. So what? what's the deal with that? Okay, so it's just a funny way that people run in the show. Honestly, it's not just Naruto. There's a bunch of people. They they just they lean forward, and I, I think the... The framing is they're running so fast that they need to lean forward in order to keep balance, but the wind is causing their arms to flail behind them. (laughs) (laughs) 
So okay, yeah. Well, it's really good. You, you you've seen Dragon Ball Z, right? All of it. Okay. So in Dragon Ball Z, there is a progression of increased power. Right. In Naruto, it it's pretty much the same, but it starts to plateau at a certain point. So, um, I mentioned that there's different levels of ninjas, right? So there's Genin, which is your entry level. There's Chunin, which is like, think of a supervisor role, like a supervisor type ninja. And then there's like Jonin, which would be like, uh, and I'm just relating this to work status, which would be your managers, right? So, okay. um, each level of ninja is better than the other. Now, can you have a Genin that can beat a Jonin? Yes. Right. But like, honestly, at that point, why are they getting, they just not trying, are they not trying to advance, you know, but that's the size of the point. But once you make it to that Jonin level, the power scaling is different. It's no longer, oh, I'm stronger. Therefore I win. It's like, it's more of strategy and tactical. It's more of a, a side progression. Imagine if Goku only got as strong as Frieza and he couldn't get any stronger and all the enemies were just as strong as, as strong as Frieza, but now it's all based on technique and different skills and teamwork. And that's basically what you have in Naruto. Does I mean, there's still, you know, moments where it's just, oh yeah, I'm stronger, therefore I win. But very like it's a lot less than there is in, in mm -hmm. Dragon Ball. Okay, well that's good, and I love I love me some Dragon Ball, but Dragon Ball there is are, awesome. But there are times when I'm like, okay, they've officially written themselves to a point where Goku is so strong that we have to basically create other universes and have gods because there's nothing else that could be more powerful than Goku anymore. Right. Also, can we talk about the best character in Dragon Ball Z? Sure. I'm not sure where you're going with that. Okay. Now hear me out. Right. But the best character in Dragon Ball Z, and I'm not talking about fighting wise, I'm talking about just plain, simple story, is Vegeta. Yes, 100%. Yes. He is way better than Goku in almost every single way. And it's, it's kind of funny because if you think about like the four best characters in Dragon Ball, it, it's always these four. It's always Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, Gohan. If you mention, like, who is the top four, it's those four. But right. Vegeta uh has the best, the best story arc, and it literally lasts the entire fucking season. Even on to Super. I'm not, have you seen any of Super? All Super. Okay. So, and, and I'll, I'll start, right? Like, you don't know anything about Vegeta starting off Dragon Ball Z. You just know that um, Raditz shows up. He's like, I'm looking for Kakarot. You don't know who this Kakarot guy is yet. Found out that, oh, it's actually Goku. That's his Saiyan name. And you're just like, oh shit, he's an alien. All right, so that's when you find out. And then he's just like, oh, Kakarot has a son, Gohan, which if you, you know, you're pretty much surprised at that too. Like, oh, okay, Goku has a kid. Uh, he shows unbelievable strength 
and then he gets kidnapped, and then the fight happens. Piccolo kills Goku, uh, and and I feel like this is where everything started, right? Piccolo kills Goku, and then he knows that there's a stronger Saiyan or Parasaiyans on the way, and this is the first they're like stronger than Raditz, which literally caused Goku to die, who has not died. Like, the main character's dead right now, and they're worried about another person who's even stronger. You get through the training. Now, Goku... Not Goku, sorry. Vegeta arrives. He's just plain evil. Uh, he's there for, you know... Because that this, he heard everything on that, on that intercom, basically. So he's there, and he just wants to defeat Goku, and he finds out about these Dragon Balls while he's there. And what does he want? He wants to be immortal. But he doesn't really want to kill Goku. Like, at first, yeah, he just wants to be defeat him and stuff like that. But from that moment on, the whole thing is, he finds out about the Dragon Balls, that you can make wishes on them and get immortality. So he rushes to Namek to get these, to wish for immortality, to kill Frieza, who he's working for, because... It, he destroyed his home planet and he knows about that it's all of revenge arc on vegeta that's the only reason that shit's fucking like it's awesome right and then that happens and he he he's suffering and he knows he can't beat him and who does he ask for help goku the one person he fucking hated because to him getting Revenge, or whatever you want to call it, getting justice for his people was more important than his own pride at that moment. And we all know how big Vegeta's pride is. <laughs> yeah, probably and, the biggest pride in the universe. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then he dies. And you're like, oh shit. Now he gets revived yeah. back, obviously. Uh, the whole Super Saiyan thing happens, and he doesn't hear about... Um, like, you don't hear about Goku. Vegeta's on Earth. Now, if Vegeta was straight up evil, he could have just taken over. There's no competition there. There's nobody else who's struck. Like, maybe Piccolo? But maybe. Like, maybe. But well, at they, this point... They convinced Piccolo to compete in the tournament when Beerus takes on his brother. And Piccolo really doesn't want to because he knows he's going to be completely outclassed, but he does it anyway. And he of course agrees to compete on the the team to save the universe right right and he does a really good job well but really his main his main goal there is because he basically tag teams with gohan which is why he does as well as he does exactly but to continue with with vegeta so vegeta's now on earth the androids are about to take over he gets introduced to his son from the future which is already confusing. Don't do time travel in shows. Um, <laughs> just don't do it. All right. But it worked out okay. Like, it made sense. And then they did that Zamasu thing, which we'll, we'll cover later. But he makes, like, at that point, you already know he started a family with Bulma. Like, he's not there to be evil. Did he do evil things? Yeah, he did. But he... He was, it was all a means to an end to get the revenge on Frieza, and it all happened. So now he's there and he's protecting Earth, 
without Goku, he's literally got no threat there. He could take on whatever he wants because he he learned how to turn Super Saiyan. So Piccolo is not going to be an issue. Yeah, when he didn't care anymore. Yeah, when he realized that he couldn't do it, that's when he did it. Which is isn't that just a like metaphor for life? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, the most defining moment where I knew Vegeta was going to be a badass for the rest of the fucking like DBZ universe was he wanted to beat Goku so bad that he turned to Majin to get power so he can go back to the ruthless ways because he knew himself that he was no longer that way. He wasn't going to be able to defeat Goku unless he was ruthless. That's what he thought. So he caved in. And even during this time, uh, after fighting Goku and all that, he realized Boo's a bigger threat to his family than this petty fight. And he looks at his, he looks at Trunks and he's like, I've never given you a hug. <laughs> he gave him a hug. Yeah, he knocked him out, but he gave him a hug <laughs> and he, he literally went to go sacrifice. And before he did it, he goes, tell me, do you think I'll go where Goku went? He's like, no, you've done so much bad. You're definitely going to hell. And he goes, oh, well, it's worth it. And he does it anyway. He goes and he, he basically Kazakami's himself anyway. That was the biggest like character development. And ever since then, it's been the same. And he's progressively getting better. Even in Super, he's just like, nope, I can't save the universe because I need to be here for my unborn child. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I I don't think anybody can argue that Vegeta is the true character arc of the Dragon Ball saga. Like, well, I can't say Dragon Ball saga, Dragon Ball Z on, because obviously Dragon Ball is based on Goku. But right. Goku is kind of a cookie cutter character. He's pure of heart, which is great, but he's also childish and kind of ignorant. And he only has one real obsession, which is to be the strongest ever and to just train his ass off. That's all he wants to yep. do. Yep. That's actually why and, it's funny when he has to work on the farm in Super because he's just so bored with it yeah. immediately. I think it's great. Honestly, like, if you look at Super, if they're looking for a new God of Destruction, and hear me out, I feel like the perfect replacement for the God of Destruction will be Piccolo. Okay. Because didn't Whis offer Vegeta that yeah. he said, I'll train you, but you have to become a Destruction God at some point? Uh, something like that. You have to be the replacement for when Beerus like dies or something. Yeah. No, I I could see where you're coming from with Piccolo. I could see that. Yeah. But, He'd but, have to change <clears throat> his ways, but I don't even think he has to change his ways because after he fused with Kami, he was his whole self again, right? So, and he's literally still got Nail. Or did he leave? I can't remember now. No, I well, don't think you can leave once you're fused. You're fused. Yeah. Yeah, so he still have, like, the spirits of all these other Namekians, and he's whole again with Kami, who was originally the Guardian of Earth anyway, so, and now that role is taken over by Dende, so it only makes sense for him to be the next God of Destruction, like, and and the way Akira Toriyama is, all he has to do is fall asleep and train in a dream, and he's as strong as fucking Goku again, so... <laughs> like, <laughs> I just like how 
Goku has to leave planet to go fight inside a star at like a million times gravity to come back like twice as strong. And then Piccolo just has to meditate on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, come on, man. All right, I get it. But like, come on. It's almost unfair. Yeah. But but it kind of makes sense. And they did the same thing for Frieza when he was trapped in hell. And uh, through sure uh, willpower of training in the mind, he's now a master at controlling energy. To the point where that god of destruction that should have killed him didn't kill him. He was able to reject it from his body and then use it on Goku. I, I could. You're making me want to go back and just rewatch the whole series. Yeah, because it's really good. I, I, I might should, have to do that. Yeah, I want to rewatch it too. But damn it, I have like another 800 episodes of Naruto. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing I was going to ask you. Isn't that a very long show? It is. It is a very long show. But it's really good. Um, it's not. I grew up on Dragon Ball Z, so like Dragon Ball is always going to be like my favorite. But as far as the fight scenes, the fight scenes are better in Naruto. I I hate to say it because they actually show the full motion of the the moves and the different techniques. It's not always a kamehameha. Uh, there's a lot of strategy in, involved in it. Also, can we talk about? how fucking krillin is way op <laughs> yes it's just like krillin, krillin deserves more respect krillin does deserve more respect the, he's the strongest he, human on earth he really is and the fact that he was a uh, what he used solar flare like i haven't seen solar flare since the original dragon ball at this point and he used solar flare and super and it was effective i was like are you joking it's a good technique, though. You just blind them, and then you make your move. Right. I always love the. Uh, disc. I always love the, the the means where it's like, where it's like Yamcha versus a stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper missed, but Yamcha still died. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I loved it. Uh, I loved man. in Super when they formed their universe team, and Yamcha's like, they're going to ask me any minute to join their team. <laughs> And then they didn't. <laughs> uh, dude, that was so sad. I would have loved to see Yamcha. He would have been useless, but like, I would have loved to see Yamcha in there. He would have gotten eliminated pretty much elim- immediately, but... Yeah, he. it would have been funny. It would have been like he tripped on a rock or something and just fell off the stage. Ooh. And then pretty Beerus would have yeah. just looked at him very angrily. It's just like, when this is all over, I'm going to fucking destroy you. <laughs> oh, Roshi actually did pretty damn good in there i feel like master roshi's immortal yeah he's died before but yeah he he's probably gonna live for a long time yeah uh all right we're running we're running close to the end of the show here folks but we still got a little few more things i need to talk about and the big thing i have to talk about from last week that i didn't get a chance to talk about was that they announced the release date for Mandalorian season two, October thirtieth is when we get Mandalorian, and I'm so excited. I loved the Mandalorian show on Disney Plus; absolutely loved it. I even said it was the best thing that they'd done in Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. And I remember people got mad about that because they're like, 
well, what about Rogue One and the Clone Wars TV show and everything? I said, I didn't say those things were bad. I said, The Mandalorian is the best thing I've seen since the original trilogy. Just because I say something's good doesn't mean automatically everything else is bad. Do you ever get people like that when you say something like that? And they're just like, oh, well, then you must hate this. I didn't, yeah, did I say that? No, I said all this was time. better. That would be like if I came in and was we were talking about like Dragon Ball and I was just like, yeah, Vegeta's Vegeta's the best character on the show by far. And then somebody else would be like, oh, so you just hate Goku. What I mean, did I say a that? <laughs> I, fucking, I hate Goku a little, but like, well, he's kind of a lousy father. <laughs> he really <laughs> is. Vegeta's a good father. Vegeta's a great father, actually. Vegeta sacrificed his life to save his kid. Goku gave a fucking sensu bean to sell. Like, that, uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, he did sacrifice himself eventually, but he still oh, killed yeah, King Kai. Oh, yeah, it was a little Kai, too late. So. <laughs> <laughs> still, yeah, that's true. You just can't, mur- you can't oh, be sorry. a master and be friends with Goku. Just don't do that. Just don't. Just Yeah, just just don't. But yeah, um, Mandalorian season two on the way, dude. I'm I love really that. Excited. That that season was uh, the fact. Ah, uh, man, Bill Burr. That episode like, was amazing. Wasn't so it? What do, you, what do you What do you look like under there? Are you a Gungan? <laughs> <laughs> I freaking laughed my ass off. Yeah, that uh, was uh, that was a great show. It was. Um, I loved. I love the casting in it. They got the cast perfect. They really, really did. Everybody yeah. did a phenomenal job. And did you hear uh, Werner Herzog got mad when they would film the scenes with the child twice, once with the puppet and then once for, so they could do it again with CGI? And he actually yeah. was like, you guys have no faith in your, in yourselves. Just use the damn puppet. And they did. The child was always a practical effect and it looks amazing. I'm happy about that. Thank God. And stop getting mad because people call him Baby Yoda. Like, you Star Wars enthusiasts who are just like, he's not a Baby Yoda. Just let people have this. People got excited over the character, and then you got mad about it. Like, ugh. Stop with that. Just stop. That's a good and character. And you and, you and McGregor provided us with an update about the Obi-Wan series. Yeah? When's yeah, that coming? Yeah, he said it. So, it's going to start production this spring. So he said, by the end of 2021, it might be out. He goes, but let's be realistic. It'll probably come out early 2022. But what they're going to do is they're going to do a limited run series. It's, he says it's probably only going to be a six episode series. And then they're going to be done. And now I know people are going to be disappointed in that. But let's also remember the fact that the Obi-Wan thing was originally going to be a standalone movie. By having a six episode series, they can tell more of the story. And Obi-Wan isn't going to have a huge story to tell like like other characters would. So I think that actually makes sense that it's yeah. uh, that it's going to be just it, we'll, we'll do a six episode series. We'll get what we need to get out of Obi-Wan. And then if more stuff happens, great. And if not, at least we've got the series that we wanted. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great. 2022, uh, though. Oh, man, that's, that's a long time to wait. <clears throat> We're going to have to find something to fill the time. Oh, you know, uh, uh, The Boys, the new episode, uh, new season, right? Okay, so 
I have not seen the show yet, but everything I've read about it is like, oh my God, this sounds like one of the greatest things I've ever heard of. So can you please tell for, for someone like me who has not seen the show, can you please describe what this show is about? It's about superheroes. Um, but it's not going the way you think it's going to go. So it's not <laughs> like, uh, ah, man, <sighs> there's this agency, right? That has superheroes. Uh, and whenever somebody needs a superhero in a location, they just send over that hero, right? So they do it for money. So imagine if being a superhero was a job, but not like in the same scheme as My Hero Academia, but what it would be if real-life people had superpowers, and how sometimes... Even though you're a superhero doesn't mean you're not a bad person. That that's all I have to say. That's the basic uh that's the basics of it, but holy shit, it gets wild. And then you follow somebody whose loved one gets destroyed by a superhero even though like they're Well, I'll I'll tell accident. you this. I have I have seen the first episode. You have seen the episode. Okay. So that accident happens, and they're just like, oh, you know, uh, he goes on television. He's like, listen, I was, I'm sorry. Uh, I was on my way to this bank robbery. And the, the guy, right? I can't remember his name right now, but he is just like, he has to accept this. Like, that's just yeah. one, of those, one of those things. He has to accept it, but he doesn't want to. And then he finds out that there's no robberies nearby. And he found out that this hero was on, like, a, a drug, like, on some sort mm. of drugs. So he just smashed into her because he was uh, basically high and completely, like, ended her life. Right. And he wants revenge on that particular hero. And that leads him down a path, which takes place the rest of the, the, rest of the show. And it's good. It's really good. It's really good. I'm, I am genuinely looking forward to watching it. I'm going to make a conscious effort to really get a chance to watch that show. Because like I said, I haven't seen the first season, but I've been hearing about it and people are just loving it. And I'm like, I've, you know, I've, I'm not a big I reader. I'm, I, I am not a big reader. This show made me go out to get the comic so I can oh, yeah. catch up and see how good the comic is. And... I will say that I understand why people were so freaking out over the uh, season finale of the first season versus the comic book because it's different. It's way different. <laughs> uh, that's all I have to say for that. Okay. And well, maybe, it's, it's maybe a good difference. Go check that out too. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a an alternative or an alternate universe take on the boys comic. So same characters, different things are happening for the most part. Okay. Did you see, uh, did you see Bill and Ted three yet? Uh, I've seen the trailer. (laughs) Well, yeah, I did too, but I just wanted to know if we, if there's any point in me even keeping that as like a show topic, because I still haven't gotten out and actually seen it. That was going to be part of my, 
part of my plans, but plans get canceled and I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I want to actually go to the theater. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my thing right now is the theater. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start, we're going to start heading towards wrap up mode here, everyone, but real quick, just a couple of topics I do want to touch on very quickly. Uh, go online and check this out. Somebody hacked a pregnancy test and put doom on it. That's a real thing. Like some, you can now play doom on a pregnancy test. Which means that the pregnancy test processor is powerful enough to play freaking Doom. I think what's more impressive is not that the processor is strong enough to play Doom, which is, that's cool. But that black and white display was able to display the the actual game. The actual game, yeah, which is insane. You remember playing those games on your graphing calculator? Uh, No. I never. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, I had the, the graphing calculator and people figured out how to hack it so you could put games on it. And of course, the big one was Snake. That was basically the only game a lot of us had. But somebody I remember actually hacked a graphing calculator and put Pokemon on it. What? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I so, didn't know that was possible. I am not a fan of The Walking Dead, but the show is coming to an end. And I just want to say that I'm happy to hear that. And I know people are going to be like, oh, you're not a fan. So why would you be happy the show's ending? Because no. all my friends who are fans have wanted the show to end like three seasons ago. Yeah, so that's, that's the I'm happy for you guys. I've heard. I've, I hear a lot of like, I don't watch it. I, I watched up to season two where they get up to like the CDC. And then after that, I, I, I don't know why, but I just couldn't. <laughs> make myself watch the show and I, I i just didn't get into it so and i understand why it's popular but then when when i start hearing stuff about it i get i'm like oh my god like i would be so frustrated and i understand why people get frustrated with it and to me it's kind of like i i feel like their reactions to it is a lot like me watching the last two seasons of game of thrones where i'm just sitting there going why 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 and then just being unhappy at the end. So I hope for you guys, you get the closure that you need out of the series. And it is not a disappointment. I, I genuinely hope that. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of shows ending, the Kardashians are ending. LOL. I didn't even know that was still happening. Yeah, apparently like so. Or, oh it's been on for like 20 years, too. Dear Lord. Yeah, so that's the end of that's the end of the Kardashians. Of course, I don't care about that. And then uh, I didn't get a chance to really talk about this. I'll talk about this briefly. I finished uh, Avatar book two. Actually, just yesterday I finished it with the uh, the final chapter of the Earth Kingdom, which had a really good twist and a really good cliffhanger to lead into the Book of Fire, which uh, oh. it, the Earth Kingdom has fallen. So, what and, do you think of uh, Toph? Uh, Toph's a friggin' badass when she figured out that she could bend metal and then just bust herself out and is just riding a wave of Earth across the, the world. <laughs> but it's, it, that was a brilliant twist to me because it proved that you can bend more than you realize you can if you just focus enough and realize what, you know, they're just like, yeah, and anybody can bend you can bend metal if you're an earthbender. You just, because what is metal? It's just pieces of earth that have been twisted. And of course, so that gives them an advantage over the Fire Nation right there. Yeah, I really liked the ending. I love the cliffhanger. I I love the, uh, 
I'm still not 100% sure if I know where Zuko's storyline is going. He's been tricking me a lot. I think I have an idea of where it's going to go, and I'm So I'll either be excited for that, or I will be surprised. But I think getting past, like I said before, getting past the It's a Kid's Show parts, you find a really, really good story. And and I'm not going to be as into the fandom as a lot of other people are. And I've said that before, but I do, I have very much enjoyed what I have seen and I will continue to watch it all the way through. And then I'm definitely going to check out Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra is good. You'll like that. Um, Yeah. You're about to hit like all of the good Uncle Iroh moments. Oh yeah. Cause he's, uh, he's been great. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite character in the whole show. I can see why he's a very popular character. He became the best. He, he had the best tea in all of uh, Bong Sing Se. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I, I like Uncle Iroh a lot. Uh, and then two other games that we've been playing real quick here. Uh, you've been playing a bit of Fall Guys. I was How's thinking about getting going? Fall Guys. I'm going to be getting, oh, you're getting it. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, but from what I've seen, man, it looks really fun. Seems pretty fun. Uh, I've been playing a little Thief Simulator. I got that on the Switch. That's a very fun little game. Case houses, break in, steal stuff. Okay. I was going to say, is it based off the original Thief game? Uh, I I never played that, so I really can't tell you, but maybe. But yeah, you're you're a thief. You're fresh out of prison. And you're working for a guy named Vinny. And you're just stealing stuff to make a profit. And... The only thing I, ha- I don't like right now is the lockpick. The lockpick way, the way you do the uh, the lockpicking, whatever you would call that, the mechanics of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems very self-explanatory, and I'm just kind of struggling to get it. But that's why you have the practice locks. Like in the little garage that you're living in, you've got practice locks. So once I get better at that, I think I'll be able to flow a little easier with the game. I also learned very quickly that the lockpicks break, and I was just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Okay, hold on. <laughs> Time out. Got to got to fix this. So, yeah, I'll uh I'll get better with that. And then um I I wanted to have a discussion about cuz I saw a meme about like if Batman Spider-Man switched universes, what kind of uh what kind of battles would they entail? But I think we could base an entire episode discussion on that. Yeah, yeah, we can. But like And uh I was also going to ask you about processors, but I feel like that would be a long discussion. So maybe we'll save that for next week. <laughs> we might then, have to, I, but the short answer for the processors, depending on like if you're looking to get one, is to wait right now because uh, AMD is going to be making an announcement in October. I want to say October 28th or 23rd, something like that, with the new processors and their graphics cards. So. We'll get more info on uh, on their processors then. And then one last thing I have to discuss this week. I actually discovered this shortly before we started recording. There is a bar in Toronto called Stormcrow, where it's a whole D&D nerd-based bar, and you literally roll for your drink order, and you can order a burger and roll for the ingredients on it. What? I know. 
Look it up. Storm. Look up Storm Crow in Toronto. Storm Crow. Yeah, Storm Crow Toronto. Like, look it up and look at the pictures too. It looks friggin' amazing. And I really want to go to Toronto again. So it's yes. uh, yeah. I very much want to go to this bar. Like, dude, that is Stor- awesome. Storm Crow Manor Restaurant in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, I, I saw a meme where they were like, yep, I rolled for my drink order and I got a one. <laughs> so that's what I'm getting. And then he goes, yep, I ordered a burger and I had to roll for the stuff on it. And it was like some kind of fruit with bacon. He goes, but it was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, that's that's just brilliant. Have a right. D&D themed restaurant where you you roll for what you get on your hamburger. There's a they do a joke on Big Bang Theory where Sheldon's trying to make better decisions in life, so he's doing everything with D and D dice. And they go out to eat, and he's like, "So let's see, what's for dinner? A side of corn succotash, and to drink a pitcher of margaritas." And they're like, "Do you even want that?" He goes, "Well, it doesn't matter because my brain is being doesn't matter if I want it. My brain's focusing on other stuff right now." They're like, "Yeah, what's it focusing on?" He's like, "Hamburgers and lemonade." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would try that. I would try that once to roll, like order a burger and then roll for what I get on it. I would I would try it. I could do that with you a know, burger. As long as they don't put like, you know, uh, salmon or something on it. Chutney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're coming up with random burger things that you just don't want on your burger. It's like, oh, man, this one's got jelly beans. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. A jelly bean burger. You know, I know people that would actually probably try that and would probably love it too. I know a couple nah, of people no into some you. of that weird, <laughs> the weird food stuff. And well, what's the what's the uh, what is it? The show Chopped, where they give them like X ingredients and they're like, you have to make something out of this. Is that the show? So. Or yeah, I think that's. Uh, don't they do that with a? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Chopped. With Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it okay? I was gonna say which was just the one with Gordon Ramsay, but that the that now it's down to like twenty. Yeah, it's like (laughs) he's got like thirty shows going on at a time. The only ones that he's not screaming in is the ones that he like involves kids. Yeah, yeah, because he he actually know. So that just proves that he knows how to censor himself. He just doesn't want to. Oh yeah, which I appreciate him for anyway. But like. He he's super nice to kids. The kids could be burning down the building. He's just like, so that's why we don't turn it all the way up and be be completely nice about it. You know why? Because he's raising them to be sh- chefs. So when they become adults, he can scream at them. That's exactly yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> be nice now, because when you screw See, this up in your twenties, you're going See down. You in Thirty years, fucker. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Uh, oh. Yes. You know, since well, we're back on the topic of food, I, th- I feel like we should wrap up. I think it's time for lunch. I think so, too. Well, folks, we hope you guys enjoyed sitting down at the nerd table. In the next week or two, we're going to have an interview with my friend Andy, who is currently building his own drum kit. He's going to come on the show. We're going to talk music. Andy was a drummer in a hard rock slash heavy metal band for many years. He's got lots of stories about that. And we're going to have a big music discussion. We're going to talk about the music that we love. And as we've mentioned before, Eric and I are both into that hard rock and metal genre. So if you are too, you're going to get a good introduction to that. If you're not, you'll get an introduction. If you are, 
and you're going to be able to rock out with us. But yeah, you can. I'm going to ask him all about what it takes to build your own freaking drum kit, because I think that's pretty damn fascinating. Yeah. Very knowledgeable guy when it comes to music. And oh. I've seen him perform. He's a he's a great drummer, too. Like, I wonder if they all have to be like the same material to make that same noise or if you can get different material, but have to shape it different to get the same sound. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, I've got a lot of questions. Uh, I'm sure you do. Well, we'll, we'll come up with that. Um, I don't know when we're going to have Andy on. It could be next week, could be the week after. He seems to be okay with anything. It's going to just depend on scheduling at this point. So I'm not going to tell you guys it's happening and then come on next week and you're going to be like, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, we have an interview scheduled with our friend Jeff Trelowitz coming up in October. And then my friend Joey Image is going to join the program in the near future here. Retired pro wrestler. He's going to give a little bit of background on his wrestling career, but he's also a big tech guy too. So he would like to also weigh in on these NVIDIA discussions and talk about building PCs and everything. He yes. visits Micro Center so much that he's basically on a first name basis with everybody that works there. Uh, you know, if the Micro Center by me was closer, I, I would probably be the same way, but it's over an hour away. And I don't like driving through Detroit, so. <laughs> yeah, mine's close to Philly. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah. But but I did take a trip over there when I built my Raspberry Pi, when I put that together. So, and I, I was very much liking what I saw in that store. And I would like to go back. It's just a toy store for me. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is. That's exactly what it is. It's a toy store for tech geeks. So we got a couple of interviews planned here for the future. And I know people did enjoy our interview format, although some people had said that they weren't too into it because they just didn't really appreciate the content. And I understand that. But I promise, even if you know nothing about music and metal and wrestling and tech stuff and paranormal stuff, we will try to make the interview as interesting as possible to everybody. And of course, you know, you, you like me and Eric, right? And we're entertaining. We're goofy idiots. We'll probably throw a bunch of that stuff out there. That's what you got to look forward to coming up on future nerd tables. But Eric and I are fat kids and we're hungry. So yeah. time for me to go Eric. on lunch, man. <laughs> yep. That's the famous thing, right? It was when you'd go on your lunch break. You're like, yep. I'm on lunch. I don't care. That's <laughs> Oh, uh, well, thanks for listening to us, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Yes, be back next week for more Nerd Table goodness here on CKCC Radio. Adios. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.